So I'm not going back and forth with a man who thinks that they should be in my position. If you want to be in my position, get in my position. Do you believe that? Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to The Anthony Sane Show. This is your host, of course, Anthony Sane. Got Kenny Subberfield, per usual, behind the glass, as well as uh, Parrish Sharkey. Gentlemen, what's going on back there, man? Man, everything is good over here, but let me just let me just tell you something, man. Mm-hmm. Parrish is off the mic today. He's 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 undertaking a world domination plot over here. Okay. So he is uh, micless today. Yeah, but he's I, here. I, I saw him in the studio, but I, I I hear you telling me now that he won't be joining us verbally, and, that, and that's fine. That's cool for sure. He's uh, plotting something, man. I see him over here working on something yeah. right now, man. Yeah, probably getting this sermon together. Probably got... Got his Bible study. Yeah, got Bible study going on. Uh, I need that not to be about world domination, though. Not uh, world domination. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, my man Perry Sharkey definitely in the building. Uh, also going to have my man Parker Fleming of the Sub Substack Elitist, Substack. He's going to come on today. Uh, Parker Fleming, formerly of Bluff City Media. Uh, now he's doing this thing independently for uh, for himself <laughs> over at the Sub Stack Elitist, Substack, where he covers the Memphis Grizzlies, donates, donates to St. Jude as well. Uh, gonna talk to him about that as well. Talking about all things Memphis Grizzlies. Parker's a very intelligent guy. He can break down what you're seeing on the court, and not just talk about whether it's good or bad. He can really, yeah. he can really break down, uh, you yeah. know, film plays, all those strategy, all those type of things. Very smart guy. I've I've watched Parker from being a uh, college student at Ole Miss to just kind of climb um, in this media world. I'm gonna get my guy Parker Fleming on. <clears throat> sure, it's gonna be a great interview with him. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any? Recollection of Jake Sakalidis playing basketball oh, for man, the Grizzlies? Yes, for 100%. He was a uh, big man they got. They got him that year doing uh, um, when they first got Hubie Brown. And yep. they kind of overhauled. He, Hubie Brown's thing was we've got to increase the, the talent level on this team from yep. top to bottom. We've got too many guys based on this roster that can't play. So they made a lot of moves over the offseason just to get guys that, that are decent NBA players, actual NBA players on the team. And Jake Sacalitis is one of those guys they brought in from Phoenix. He's, he played yep. for the Phoenix Suns. Yep. He was pretty terrible from as far as I remember. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. he probably was better than, you know, Tony Massenberg, whoever was here, you know, before him or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I definitely remember him. Was Bo Outlaw here? He came in, He came that year, too. I want to say that uh, we traded. I can't remember who we dealt, but we sent somebody to Phoenix, and we got back Bo Outlaw and Sacalitis, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But, yeah, Bo Outlaw was on Phoenix, too, that year. Um yeah, he was part of that 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 talent overhaul. Like, let's just get some bunch of mid dudes on the team and see if we get better. And they got better. They did so, get better. <laughs> yeah, under uh, under Coach Hubie Brown for sure. Um, so yeah, Parker Fleming will be joining us for the sit down with Sane. But Kenny Stubblefield, since the last time we talked, I am highly upset. Man. Oh man, uh, uh, ESPN, you dastardly dogs, you. Um, last that's some, week, that's last some, week that's had some us, crazy stuff, man. Yeah, last week had us feeling good. Uh, they picked the Grizzlies to be first in the West with about 48 and a half wins. Wow. And I can see I can see a timeline where the Grizzlies are first in the West. Yeah. I can see Denver not really giving a damn, just work, focusing on being healthy. Right. Not being super locked in. I can see, I haven't seen Jokic. I'm assuming he's a little chubby. I'm assuming he's probably, you know, gained some, uh, some uh, 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 just won a championship pounds. I can see that. I can see him not really being too locked in this year and, them, you know, being the second seed as opposed to the first seed. I can see that. Right. I can see Phoenix, you know, knowing we are, we're a team that's, you know, we've got to be healthy to win, kind of having that same type of approach. Um, not really taking, the, you know, uh, the regular season super serious. I can see that. I can see 
the Lakers, they're going to – that team, if LeBron or AD are missing, they're not the same team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can see the Grizzlies being first in the West. And ESPN's uh, reportedly felt the same way. Yeah. They predict us to be first in the West because of those type of factors. And uh, what a difference a few days makes. What uh, a difference. <laughs> you put out your list of the top 100 players in the uh, NBA. Uh, Desmond Bain uh, jumps, uh, jumps in at 61. 61. <laughs> One of the top top two shooters in the whole, oh, whole entire man. world. Desmond Bain jumps in at number 61. Jaron Jackson Jr., the reigning MVP. I mean, I'm sorry, the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, comes in at number 31. If you just gave me that, I'd be like, you know, I can. Jaron's top 25 to me, but if you, yeah. if you, all right, whatever. I think that's a little slight to Jaron. Desmond Baines is disgusting, in my opinion. Um, then we get John Morant, um, former All NBA player, two time All Star, um, one of the most dynamic, like dynamic offensively players in the NBA, John Morant. Signature shoe with Nike. Signature shoe with Nike, all these type of things. Um, led a team to the second-best record in the West two years in a row. Right. Um, the team was a playing team his first season in the NBA. If it weren't for the bubble, he probably would have been a playoff team. Went for the pandemic, probably would have been a playoff team his first season. Go go look at how many guys have done that, have came in as, as the best player on the team as a rookie and led them to the playoffs or whatever. It don't happen often. Um. That guy was number 35 on their list, uh, Kenny Stubberfield. The same people that said the Grizzlies will be the first team in the West. Um, they're going to get that done with just some regular dudes, supposed, uh, yeah. super, I mean, supposedly, uh, according to the uh, uh, ESPN. Uh, guys that were guys of note that are in front of John Morant, Kenny Stubberfield. Uh, Paolo Bancaro. Crazy. <laughs> get out of my face with that. <laughs> The rated rookie of the year. Uh, ESPN is telling me that Paolo Bancaro is better than John Morant. Did Paolo Bancaro lead the Orlando Magic to the playoffs last year? Without a doubt, no. No, they were ass. Just to be honest with you. Um, had no real effect. On them. They didn't really get much better. Thanks to Paolo Bancaro, who's rookie of the year. Trey Young, who I also think is underrated. I don't think he should be where he was, but he's he's not better than John. Is the point I'm trying no. to make. Laurie Marketing, get out of my face. Had a great year last year. All-star, <clears throat> most improved player. Had an incredible season last year. He ain't better than John Morant. Um, De'Aaron Fox. Don't, t- don't tell me this is based off who's done something because De'Aaron Fox ain't never done nothing. First playoff berth in his career, he ain't better than John. I love De'Aaron Fox's game. Tomatis Sabonis shouldn't be on here higher than Jaren, and he definitely shouldn't be on here higher than John. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's coming. My favorite. My Here favorite comes. one. Here it comes. I believe in this one, though. I, I, stop. <laughs> See, you about to be mad. For, you about to be mad for real, bro. You got my notes. You're looking at the same notes I'm looking at, so you know what's coming. <laughs> the media plan himself, Tyrese Halliburton, checks in <laughs> at number 21. Let's go, Hallie. you telling me out of 480 dudes in the NBA that Tyrese Halliburton is top 25. He's top 21. Man, get out of my face. That's y'all crazy. Better stop, man. Y'all better stop this stuff, man. And, and, and you've you've heard all week long on podcasts and radio, everyone talking about how disgusting this list is. Um, let's get into why it may be so disgusting. Can I don't know if you threw in that um, were able to, to throw in that unsolved mysteries music. Did you do that last? I time? did. I did. I did. All right. Well, if you have that still ready, Kenny, that should start right about 
now, because we're going to jump into the conspiracy theories Let's go. earlier today, man. Um, I talk about media plants a lot. And I'm going to give y'all the next exhibit when it comes down to media plants or what I think a media plant is in the NBA. I'll give you an example of it, then I'll break it down for you. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, in a, uh, I'm not sure what, he, what this was on. I don't watch ESPN at all. I'm sorry. I don't watch any. I, I don't think know it was just on NBA Countdown or yeah, NBA I whatever. I don't watch none of that. <laughs> right, so Wojnarowski comes on. He says that the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that has not made the playoffs since uh, they got rid of uh, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, those guys. Um, that team, they did. They made, they the made it with Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Yeah, they made it with Chris Paul the they next year. They made the year. playoffs? Yeah, yep. they did, yeah, okay, yeah. A team where they made the play. This iteration of the Oklahoma City Thunder has not made the playoffs. Um, they made the play in last year and got put out by the, I don't know. They don't got remember. put out by somebody. But um, I don't even think they've had a winning record, this iteration of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski says that this Oklahoma City te- team has four potential all-stars, Ken <laughs> Southfield, and uh, uh, Shai Gilgis Alexander, who is top 10 in the NBA, <laughs> according to ESPN. <laughs> Ain't never won nothing. Ain't never never been on a winning team. But he's top 10 in the NBA. <laughs> oh, how they moved in the narratives. Oh, how they moved the chains. Uh, Josh Giddy, he says, future all-star Josh Giddy. <laughs> Jalen Williams, who I love. I-, I think he might be related to CJ Hurt, but... <laughs> I think it might be his, you know, clone, but he ain't no future all-star. Not, not in the NBA album. We like his game. You not, you ever play NBA 2K, bro? All the time. And you can start like a my league or something? Yeah, yeah, And you look at just like random dudes that make the all-star team or like... Right. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about like real life. Right. This, and, ain't, um, this ain't NBA 2K all-star. Right. And he said that, okay, I'm going to tell you how good this Oklahoma City t- Thunder team is going to be, man. They've got top 10 player in the league in, in Shaq Gilgis Alexander. And future league MVP in Chet Holmgren. What? What is going? I mean, <laughs> according to Agent Rosenowski, potential future MVP Chet Holmgren. I don't want to stick on that too long because that's absurd. <laughs> but what is it? He literally hasn't played a meaningful game in his NBA career. Matter of fact, he hasn't played a NBA game in his career. A- an NBA game. He right. hasn't played. Future future and MVP. He's, the, he's a future MVP. And he let uh, he let equal straw man um, Victor Wimbanyama put his money on his ass the other night. And then he complained about it on Twitter. Headbutt's really man. Get, get your ugly ass about him. All right, now I'm gonna talk about media plants. I'm All talking right, about my media this. plant theory. These are the things that we are uh, that you get here only on the Anthony Sainz show that you would not get on any radio show, any other podcast. That's right. Media plant theory. Kenny, there are certain guys in the NBA that are. Uh, enigmatic players they're just no matter what you're trying to do no matter who you no matter who you what you try to stop them with whatever they're going to be appealing to a large fan base right John Moran has a 25 game suspension I guarantee you when he comes back kids are going to go crazy sports center is going to go crazy they're going to follow John Moran regardless be returns to oh, you think Tim McMahon's going to come in yeah Tim McMahon's going to be in town the, the countdown, the job returning, all those things, yes, you're going to see all that. You're going to see the John Morant cam. You know, <laughs> all these things are going to happen when John Morant comes back, especially if he stays squeaky clean, like you don't hear nothing from him. All these things are going to happen. Kyrie Irving is another guy, regardless of what he says, still has a huge following. Derrick Rose, as you see, guy hasn't been like a major like player in the NBA in 
probably 10 years. But he's just a, he's just an enigma. He's a huge talent. People are going to love him. I'll give you a personal example of it with BCM. We posted one little clip. Yep. YouTube short. It's got 20K views on yep. it. Dare Gross. Yep. Dare Gross. Like, you guys, you got certain guys that, not saying the league doesn't want Dare Gross out there. But a lot of stuff that Derrick Rose is saying, talking in code, if y'all really knew what y'all talk, he was talking about, the league would be right. as excited as his job about uh, the John Moran Derrick Rose thing because Derrick Rose is really on some other type stuff that I, 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 I yeah, but yeah. But anyway, there are guys who, they're just big names, but they're just guys that, that they don't need any help from the NBA. They to transcend be, it all. Right. They don't need any help from the NBA to be those type of stars. You know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, these guys are just beasts, right? They're going to be who they are regardless, no matter what the NBA thinks about it. Those things are cool. But when you have guys like that, who like John Morant, who have off-court issues he's had, Kyrie Irving has had the things he's had, the NBA doesn't particularly like the fact that those guys are larger than life. Kyrie Irving, of course, was number 34 on this list as well. <laughs> You're telling me that Kyrie Irving is the 34th best player in the NBA. All right, anyway. <clears throat> Um, what the what that what this is what I think the NBA does. There are guys that they know are going to be their stars regardless, and they know they have to set up this next wave of stars. When the Kevin Durant's, when the LeBron James, when the Steph Curry, when these guys leave out, right? So you start trying to develop this next wave of guys that we're going to put out to be team future. Your Jason Tatum's, your Luka Doncic, your um. Uh, your Giannis Antetokounmpo's, all these guys who are your next wave of guys who are going to carry the lead. And then you start making this next wave of guys who, because Giannis, Tatum, and and, and um, Luca, those are your guys who are kind of up next, right? But they're going to be the guys in like a couple years. LeBron's 40, you know what I mean? So these guys are about to start fading away. So you got this this wave of guys. Then you got your guys behind them who are going to be your next tier of dudes. I think John Moran is also in that tier with Tatum and them, all right? So what you start doing is, okay, if I'm the NBA, if I'm ESPN, who of course are working together on all this stuff, yeah, I'm going to start telling you who you need to like. And it's going to be a different type of guy to kind of um, um, play off of the guys that are going to be there anyway. Regardless of what John Moran does, he's a huge star. The NBA has to put him in the front. In, in the front. They don't care. If, if you question that, take a look at John Moran having a 25-game suspension. <laughs> And the NBA doesn't start any Grizzlies national TV games until he comes back. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's, that shows you that regardless of what he's done off the court, NBA and ESPN realize that the national TV networks realize John he's Moran a is a megastar. He's a monster. But what the NBA has to do to kind of uh, circumvent that is let me put these squeaky clean image guys that we want to put in front of you up there as well to kind of counteract some of the stuff we get with the guys that we don't have any control out of. They're going to be big. If they run over a, a dog in the street, they're still going to be stars. Right. So let me put the Tyrese Halliburton's in front of you. Let me put the, the Shai Gilgis Alexander's in front of you. The Josh Giddies in, in a nice Christian uh, <laughs> they play for this the nice Christian the town. Markinen. Right. The Laurie Markinen's, all these kind of guys. Let me put, let me force these guys in front of you. Not particularly on national television games, but let me just kind of create these little sub sub agendas with these guys to kind of make them the the uh those second tier stars that we're, we're gonna like put out in front as well the chet damn holger right the chet holmgrens and all these type of dudes uh the guys who in the summertime have their uh mission work they have to do and, and all this <laughs> like they're doing this on purpose man like if anybody can't see this 
Like, come on, man. Do not sit there and tell me that you really think that Tyrese Halliburton is a top 20 player in the NBA who's ne never been to the playoffs, never been close to the playoffs. He's only been in the league a couple of years. But come on, man. He's been traded already. He's been traded already. You're telling me, like, that dude, John Morant, his rookie, his rookie year. Was the best player on his team. Took, took a lottery team right. to the playoffs. Let's not forget, Memphis had the number two pick in the entire draft. Right. And he took them to the playoffs that rookie year. <laughs> not, I mean, to the play-in. That team, that team was a play-in. That team was a playoff team, man. If, yeah. if, if you're giving credit to Oklahoma City Thunder for what they're doing, the Grizzlies did the same thing with rookie John Morant. Like, these dudes are clear plants, man. The NBA is putting these, or literally trying to force these dudes down your throat. When you see these top 50, top 100 lists, whatever, and you see all these guys like, man, get out. Dude, do not sit here and tell me Adrian Wojnarowski, that the Oklahoma City Thunder have four All-Stars. One of those guys is a top 10 player in the league. And another guy who's never played a game is your, is your potential future league MVP. And I just saw this dude get knocked off the court by Victor Wimignan, who weighs about 85 pounds. Like, stop, man. Like, it's clear what these dudes are doing. And the 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 I talked last week about the, uh, the, 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 the Team USA agenda that I think they're putting right, on this. right. Look at the guys that were on that on that team, man. You had Jalen Brunson, uh, Mikael Bridges. Uh, definitely didn't have Miles Bridges on that team. <laughs> Jesus. Right, you had all these guys, Halliburton, Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, they love Jaron. If, if they do Grizzly stuff, right, and check that out too. Whenever the Grizzlies come on NBA TV, you're going to see nothing but Jaron Jackson Jr. stuff. Highlights, uh, reading books to kids, going to vote, getting the vaccine shot, uh, Black Lives Matter, Jaron, you're going to get all that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, all that's coming, man, because it's all about how the league is trying to put other stars in line to kind of counteract guys like John Moran, who's a bigger star than all those dudes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're like, okay, the guy who's really the star, the guy who's really going to sell the shoes and the kids really want to emulate, he's out here, you know, doing his thing that we don't particularly approve of. So we got to create these other dudes. We got to put other, we just can't let it be Jaws League. You know what I mean? We can't let it be that. So we got to counteract it with some dudes, especially when you talk about American players. You got to get the Halliburton's out there. You got to get, the, uh, you know, those type of young guys who got, who could be like an American face or whatever to go with the Jason Tatum's, whatever. But it's just my theory, man. You guys might not believe me at all. You might think I'm crazy, but I'll take that too. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't believe in coincidences yeah. at all. <laughs> Yeah, and there's no way. I mean, you look at that list, and I, I just—it's the good guys, man. It's it's the guys it's the that guys are more the palatable like. to mm -hmm. the NBA image. Mm -hmm. You know, the the Tyrese Halliburton's a great player. Shea Gilchrist Alexander, great player. Mm -hmm. These guys are good players. Shea is a good right. player. SGA can play ball, but come on, man. Mm -hmm. Jaw's inevitable, man. But but the conspiracy is uh, is real. Uh, yeah, these are cornball. Like, come on, man. Like, he's like. WWE, like, had uh, a show the other night, and Tyrese Halliburton was in the locker room interviewing wrestlers. Come on, man. It's, it's obvious what they're doing to us, Kenny. They're they forcing, they forcing this man <laughs> down our throats. Pause. But, yeah, we're about to take a break, man. Uh, when we come back, my man Parker Fleming is going to be in the building. Oh, you should have saw Parker Fleming. Speaking of forcing uh, yourself down, <laughs> Parker Fleming I had to force himself on the uh, – he saw Tyrese Halliburton and got giddy like Josh Giddy <laughs> at the game of the night, man, for sure. I, 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 I'm not going to mess with him about that. I'm not going to mess with him. I might, but I don't think I will. He's a big Tyrese fan, huh? Oh, yeah, man. I almost lost his mind when he saw Tyrese Halliburton. He was like, oh, the media plant got me, man. <laughs>
But yeah, we're about to take a break. But we come back, my man Parker Fleming. We're gonna chop it up. We're gonna talk Grizzlies. We're gonna talk about uh, the beneficial things he's doing for St. Jude with his uh, his Substack. Uh, we're gonna talk to Parker about those things and more here on Anthony the Saint Show. See you guys in a minute. Seth Hennigan, we've been critical of him and his performance and turning the ball over, and this game was really on his shoulders, and he delivered. He delivered, man. It just felt very uninspiring, the first, you know, quarter and a half, or quarter and three, quarter and three quarters of the second quarter. It just felt completely un uninspired football coming from the Tigers. Um, and a lot of it was on, I just, it, you know, with Seth, the way that he was, it, there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of, like let's go like like what's the word i'm looking for just sense of energy, urgency sense of urgency to like really get things going and then that shifted man uh, i mean it wasn't his most passing yards or his most touchdowns or his most completions but just as far as managing the game and keeping the team in the game and those it was definitely the best performance from this year and just thinking back i mean it's it's definitely up there for his best performance uh, in a memphis uniform tune into on the bluff with christian fowler and gabe coon every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Shout out to freaking Gillis for dude, yeah, shout stepping, out to Gillis, dude. stepping in and looking like a kicker you kicker. Was that not the weirdest tweet ever? I don't want to even... It's disgusting. How do both of your scholarship kickers... all the, I, the first tweet I saw didn't say anything about injury, so I was like, ah... It is the stomach bug. The Willis household has it. He was hanging out <laughs> right. with Seth and Tristan. Yeah, we all went to Firehouse. They're, they must have been roommates in St. Louis. They got boo-boo bottom, and they can't play. And then somebody said they were injured, and I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on? Did they get hurt at Top Golf, trying to outdrive each other? What's I don't. I have no clue how your kicker gets hurt. Not not one. Not just one. Both. both. Yeah. Both. But in the same week, something's fishy. He said going that on. he knew that they were hurt, but like. They were kind of day to day, so I didn't want to like say anything about it. I mean, were they not, riding somewhere together and were in a minor car accident? What's tandem bikes? Yeah, were I don't they know. On a tandem bike and fell over. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lastly every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org bluff city. Back to the edge of the same show. Got a good friend of mine, my man, Parker Fleming, from the uh, Sub Sacalitas Sub Stack, where you can right. check him out doing Grizz's coverage. This is my man, Parker Fleming, in the building. What's going on, brother? Man, not the much. Glad to be here. I can't lie. 
you know, since I was stepping in with the tribal chief, I, I thought about wearing my feeling Uzi shirt. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'm glad to be here. Glad to <laughs> be in the Bluff City studio for the first time. So right. ready to chop it up. I don't I don't remember my timeline correctly or not. I don't know if I started saying tribal chief and then you got behind it. Like you you like made it official or you started the tribal chief stuff. You started, started tribal chief. And you the first person to co-sign. And I, yeah, I co-signed. You it. Bro. I co-signed. As a wrestling stand, I had to co-sign. There you that. go. There you go. You've been a long time uh, journalist in the city of Memphis, doing your thing on the independent tip. Now, uh, excited to see your stuff. Always share your stuff whenever I see it available. Um, the Grizzlies are in the middle of the preseason. Uh, they're two and zero so far. I got a game tonight. Seems like every time we record, you know, we record a day before the actual right, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like every time we record is game night, so we uh, we can't talk about the games until after the fact. Uh, they're two and zero so far in the preseason. Uh, some of the biggest things people are talking about, of course, are Derrick Rose and also Zaire Williams. We'll start mm-hmm. with Zaire Williams first. Um, he's definitely improved. I was, I've been one of his biggest critics um, from him not playing in the summer league, from the oddities of, of why he wasn't playing last year, and and. People talking about he's injured, but he's in the G League and all these, yeah, 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 yeah. All these type of things going on. I was the first person that was a critic of it. But I'll also be the first person that will put all those things to the side and say, hey, this kid has clearly put the work in. Um, the, the offensive strategy is, is more open for him. And he's looked a lot better. What are your thoughts on uh, Zaire Williams so far and what we've seen uh, as compared to last season? Yeah, I mean, he just looks confident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't at media day. I know you were. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. P-Shark was. But... The talk out of media day was about how confident he was, you mm-hmm. know, stepping in and saying, nobody worked harder than me. I'm ready to go get that starting spot. Like, mm-hmm. he was confident. And I think more specifically in that Milwaukee game on Tuesday night, he showed that confidence. Right. And I think one of the big things, and I know we're going to talk about this later, is mm-hmm. just that in this revamped offense, he's not just sitting in the corner. Right. They're having him operate off side actions, running pick and roll. And, you know, I was talking to him the other night. I was asking about that jump pass that he did to Xavier Tillman. You know, mm-hmm. he was snake dribbling that pick and roll. He was going up and just threw a dart to Xavier Tillman rolling. Mm-hmm. And he and I asked him about that. I'm like, what are the reads becoming as you're getting more comfortable in the pick and roll? And he's like, I'm 6'10". No one's going to block me. But also at the same time, he's 6'10". He can see the floor mm-hmm. over whoever's trying to s- switch or stay with him on that right, right. screen. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's going to be the roll or a driving kick – I really like the way Zaire Williams is being used this this preseason, but also how he's taking advantage of that because Mm -hmm. he's no longer just in the corner waiting for that three ball. He's making stuff happen, and I think it could be a very good wrinkle for the Grizzlies' half-court offense if they continue to tap into that part of his skill set. Yeah, like I said, man, I got to admit, he's been bringing it for sure. He hasn't had, like, a breakout game, but he just looks like a solid player. It could be a solid rotation player. I I don't particularly need to see him being a guy that's a 20-something point-per-game scorer. I just need him – just give me 10 points, 33, 30, anywhere from 33 to 35% from three, be a solid defender, and I think that's all this team really needs him to be. Yeah, and, like, I was actually thinking about this on the way mm. here, you know. With Zaire Williams, the three-point shot has been a struggle dating back to even high school. Mm-hmm. There's no track record of him being even an average three-point shooter dating right. back to Team USA, Oakland Soldiers, mm-hmm. Sierra Cannon. But – like you said, if he's just 33 to 35%, because at the end of the day, everyone wants to be a 40% three-point shooter. Everybody wants right. somebody to be a 40% three-point shooter. Only 40 guys did that last season. Right. That's about one per team. The Grizzlies already got two. Mm-hmm. Nobody realizes how much the calculus of this team changes if Zaire Williams is just 
average right. from three because right. of everything else that he could do and the fact that he's a legitimate 610 like you you see him like you see him standing next to jaron he's a almost jaron's height right <laughs> and he's at the like playing he's not playing three four he's playing three, two three two. yeah mm-hmm. Like a lot changes if Zaya mm-hmm. Williams finds that magic on the outside jumper. Yeah, for sure. So I'm there's Coach Jenkins is saying he's still well, he could be still looking for his fifth starter. Mm-hmm. He could try another rotation tonight in tonight's game. We don't know what's gonna happen. I'm like, okay, Zaire is obviously looking like he should be that guy. Right. Shout out to Luke Kennard, one of the better shooters in the whole world. But he just doesn't look comfortable out there with the starters. He feels like he needs to be coming off the bench where he's playing against, with, with less pressure, you know, lesser defenders, uh, less guy, lesser guys he's got to defend. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't look as comfortable. His shot hasn't been dropping. If his shot was dropping, we'd be saying Luke Kennard looks awesome starting. But right. uh, do you think it's that, or do you think that Zaire needs to be starting regardless? I've always thought that this starting spot was the perfect chance to elevate a young wing's mm-hmm. confidence, right. like they did with Santi last mm-hmm. year. Because they could have made it easy and be like, okay, we're going to start Brandon Clark. Mm-hmm. He had a great end to the postseason. Right. He pretty much won them that Minnesota series. We'll just make it easy, go best right. player available. But they wanted to build that confidence in Santi, and it paid off. Right. And I always thought that was the pathway. And I don't think with Luke, it's necessarily just the pressure, the comfort level. At the end of the day, he's shot 45% from three in each of the past two seasons. He's going to hit shots. But they still need some sort of a punch off the bench. And that's where Luke Kennard comes in, right. in my opinion. So whether it's Zaire Williams, whether it's David Roddy, whether it's Jake LaRavia, I always thought <clears throat> use that spot on one of them because you need one of those guys to hit for your postseason depth when you get John Morant back, when you have Marcus Smart in the fold. You need one of those guys to at least be the eighth or ninth man immediately. And no better way to expedite that than having one of them start. You had, um, you had talked about um, Santi Aldama earlier. Mm-hmm. You, we've seen improvements with him. You talked about confidence with Zaire. We've yeah. seen Santi's confidence gain an, another boost when he played in FIBA this year. Yeah. Xavier Tillman's been playing well in preseason as well. What, the, what does the improvement of those two guys, or just being solid, just maintaining pretty much, what are those two guys, the role they play, how does that help guys like Jaron and Steven Adams going forward? The fact that those are two guys that you know can be in that rotation with, like you said, a guy like Brandon Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, obviously, you needed somebody to step mm-hmm. up after Brandon Clark's injury because because of the pop that Clark provided off the bench, but also the fact that him and Jaron together were really freaking good. Like, good mm-hmm. enough to where you're like, this could be the front court of the future. Right. At, from, the, from the time he they drafted Brandon Clark, that was the thought that he could be that. But with, I think with Santi and X, they provide a little something different. I think Santi provides that perimeter fluidity. I love the potential of him and Jaron together on the floor. But they need to make sure that the other three guys can help on the glass because they mm-hmm. don't have that right now. And But I think Santi provides his certain, certain pizzazz on the floor. Almost mm-hmm. kind of like when the Grizzlies had Kyle Anderson. He was just a funky basketball player where you're like, I don't know how he made that happen, (laughs) but he did, and it was cool. It was audacious, and Mm -hmm. then any given night, he can win. He can win you a game. He can swing you a game. I think X is just the ultimate chess piece. Yeah, because you know, let's say you have another situation like Minnesota, where Carl Anthony Towns stretches out Stephen Adams to the perimeter, and you're just getting eaten alive in the pick and roll. You can throw X in there on Carl Anthony Towns, and now you can 
throw him in there on Nikola Jokic. He's proven himself to be a guy that you could put on elite players. He right. did that with the Lakers series. Rookie like, year, he did that a lot. And he did that in yeah. his rookie year, too. Like, mm-hmm. in the fact that Taylor Jenkins wants to switch more, and when it comes to who can switch, you know, you have Jaron Jackson, Marcus Smart, and one of the top of that list is Xavier Tillman. Yeah. So I just think they're great chess pieces to have. I don't know if they'll provide the same level of impact that Brandon Clark did, but I think they're good formidable pieces where you probably have one of the best four or five combinations in the entire league. Right. Um, we were talk- I've talked a lot about Derrick Rose on Twitter and how he kind of changes so much. Yeah. The fact that you see him being a guy that's a competent player who can high IQ who can who can physically go out there and play mm-hmm. on the court? Like he's not he doesn't look like he's laboring yeah. out there at all. Uh, he didn't play much the second game. Um, he you know played a, more minutes the first game than he played the second game, I believe. But with that being said, how much does he change the dynamic? Because my, I'm looking at this: if if he's playing that well, and you're talking about going three guard anyway, uh, when when Jock comes back, how crazy would it would it be wild to say that your starting lineup is Derrick Rose? Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart, as opposed to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who would be surprised to see something like that? But he kind of changes the dynamic because he looks like a guy that even after John comes back, I'm not burying that dude on the bench. You know what I mean? I get that for yeah. sure. So what do you think about Derrick Rose being a player that you can use throughout the entire season, possibly? I think the fact that even at floor, mm-hmm. if you if you decide, okay, if John Morant's not on the floor, but he's playing, mm-hmm. you want Marcus Smart being the backup point guard, you still have Derrick Rose as the emergency break the glass mm-hmm. kind of guy. And the fact that he's shown, okay, because even in that second game, he didn't score the ball well, but he still dished out seven assists. So right. he's still facilitating and orchestrating mm-hmm. the offense pretty well, even without his scoring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Derrick Rose starting, like, I guess he's making it not. You make as, me think about it. <laughs> he's not making it outlandish, but I uh-huh. also, I had the same belief, you know, at the people like, oh, let's put Santi at the three. I think for going with someone other than Luke in the wings, something went wrong. Right. That's why I'm not I'm not there on that boat. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that you know he provides even at his age, his miles, his injury history, right. he's providing so much rim pressure. He's really working well off the pick and roll, and you know he can find the slip pass. He's getting to his floater, and I mean some of the angles mm-hmm. on those layups that he was hitting against Indiana, and it's not. They don't have like, they don't have Enos Cantor at the rim. They had Miles Turner at the right. rim. They had Isaiah Jackson at the rim, who's uh-huh. also a springy rim protector, yep. rim protector. And he was getting shots up in those angles, you know, hitting uh, hitting people with the heem heem, you know, right. like the fact that he's still doing that after everything right. he's been through after all these years, it's so so cool to see. And even if it's, even if he ultimately is just like a backup point guard who every now, like one in every seven to eight games, he provides a little microwave scoring. Mm-hmm. And then once Jaw comes back, Derrick Rose just kind of phases out of the rotation. Even if it comes to that, that that's a win, especially right. with everything else he's set to provide for this team. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm torn about it, man, because I'm like, I'm watching this dude hoop. And I, I know this team has been sort of playmakers, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, no, nah, man, you got to find a way. Even if you, even if you're playing, him off the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I want to see Derrick Rose on the court for sure. I think he's still uh, got something in there for sure. But I don't Before think Before you move is. on, Anthony, let me Go ask ahead. you a question. Did did Parker call the Hezzy the he-he? No, no, no yeah. heem-heem. That's what uh, oh. uh, Gigi, Will, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gigi yeah, yeah, Jackson yeah. said. 
That's what Gigi Jackson said on media day. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying about Rose? Oh, I'm not sure Rose is a two and three, two two games and three nights type guy. Because, you know, he didn't play yeah, much this yeah, other yeah. game. That's that's another concern as far as if you say, well, let's start him the first 25 and see what that looks like. But yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think he'll be able to do that. I also got to add one thing, though, too. I think one thing that's really encouraging about his New York stint, especially mm -hmm. last season, it's not like he missed a ton of games because he was hurt. He missed a ton of games because he was out of the rotation in favor of young guys. Right. <clears throat> so the fact that he's fresh, he's healthy, I think that me, I think that says a lot mm -hmm. about what he could provide this year for this team. For sure, for sure. Uh, you talked earlier about uh, the Grizzlies' new offense and how they're using Zaire Williams different. Uh, the Michael Cole, who was with me the other day, he's got a great article talking about new assistant coach uh, Patrick St. Andrew yep. installing a new offense and how you know that's benefiting to uh, Zaire Williams. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing on the new offense? under, uh, like I said, Coach Patrick St. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, one of the, like, obviously, I think they've emphasized spacing really well. And the fact that, I think one thing that gets misconstrued is people equate spacing to shooting. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, making sure that you're placing guys on the floor where you a defense has to pay attention to them right. and gravitate because that opens up the floor more and also utilizing that space. And I think the greatest utilization of that space is where they've had Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm -hmm. So I think a big criticism within Grizzlies media, Grizzlies Twitter, is the fact that, you know, before they had Steven Adams, and, like, Steven Adams still needs to be at this spot. They have right. him around the high post to screen for handoffs, hitting cutters, but at the same time as putting Jaron in the corner right, or in the dunker spot. He's not in the action, but right now they're putting him in actions where he's operating around the perimeter. He's getting ahead of steam downhill against – someone either smaller that he can out-muscle mm -hmm. or someone he can just blow right past. Uh, one thing that they really do well, the Grizzlies, over the past couple of years, I I got to give credit to Grizzlies Film on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He posts all these really cool clips. He has the name of these cuts, these sets, all that. Great account. But the he pointed out how they usually have Jaw on the weak side in an empty corner to do a stampede cut, where basically catch and you go. And they're having Jaron do that. And one thing that I thought was cool that I, I think it may have all of us go crazy is that they also run, they've been running inverted pick and rolls mm -hmm. with with uh, Jaron at, as the, the ball handler. handler yep. And either like they had Contar screening, mm -hmm. Dez, Kennard. That's what they did a lot with Giannis, with guys like Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen, yep. is that you have the shooter kind of set like a ghost screen and flare, and then you kind of confuse the defense, and now right. Jaron's getting downhill. Mm-hmm. Like you got you got seven feet athletic. Like, are they about <laughs> to use yeah. Jaron like Giannis? Yeah, I mean that's that's something you were there too, I believe, man. When Coach Jenkins had his first press conference, mm -hmm. you know there were there was things that people were saying about you know you got a young guy in in Jaron, you had a young athletic guy in Giannis. Do you see any similarities? That was the question I asked them actually. Yeah. Do you see any similarities? But I didn't think they would they would do some of the things they're doing now. But Jaron has that handle. He's not as strong as, as Giannis is. He's not gonna. Bulldog you to the basket, but he could get there. I'm not saying he's gonna turn to Giannis, but right, you know what no, I mean? and like that's but, kind yeah. of tough to say because Giannis has you a can different do a lot kind of, of similar wiggle, things. Yeah, but Giannis doesn't have the jumper that Jaron does. Mm -hmm. Like Jaron can, we've seen him before where he'll drive and he'll step back or mm -hmm. do that sidestep and gets to his three ball or the floater or the floater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I think it could even be enhanced with Marcus Smart coming here because they had Marcus Smart screening for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown a lot, yeah. and you can use Marcus Smart in those actions yeah. as well. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, for it's all gonna be that. some nasty stuff, man. I'm down for all that for sure. 
especially another thing too, if you're running action for Jaron to do some of those things to be more active in the play, it kind of it kind of makes Steven Adams more of a cheat code where you can you can use him. I'm not gonna say he's expendable at all, but you can kind of just save him for different matchups and just kind of bully teams in. Or you can play smaller. You can play yeah. a David Roddy at the four or mm-hmm. those type of matchups. Yeah, and, and that's another wrinkle that they use for mm-hmm. spacing is they're shifting David Roddy down to the four where I think he's naturally a three-four yes. Yes. instead of a two-three. Mm-hmm. But also, too, you can also put Steven Adams around the dunker spot where, like, if Jaron's driving, he gets to the rim. If he doesn't finish, Steven Adams is right there to Easily clean it finish. up. Yep. Like, yep. I, I think... The Grizzlies have they really emphasize studying the offense and making sure, okay, how can we elevate our half court offense? Because that has been our weak point. Right. I mean, they were in the bottom ten in each of the past two seasons. As good as they were, their half court offense was in the twenties the past two years. It was strictly reliant on Steven Adams catching off catching off offensive rebound and putting it back in. Or his screening. <laughs> right. Or exactly. his screening. And mm-hmm. Now they're adding these different wrinkles. They're utilizing Jaron. You have Dez getting downhill. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we'll – I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll see improvement because at the end of the day, like, you still need – you still need to have at least above-average three-point shooting yeah. to have a good half-court offense. They have the ingredients, but I'm liking where all of this is heading. Are you? Do you have any concerns about the three-point shooting at all? I asked Coach Jenkins after the second game. He said he doesn't. Mm-hmm. No. They're getting – Hellified looks. So they're gotten they're yeah. getting really good looks. Kennard's gonna start hitting. Bain's gonna yeah. Bain, I mean, he went four for six the other night. Um Jaron's been hitting. Like Marcus Smart, like yeah, he's I think, I think average shooter. I think they'll be fine. It's yeah. just preseason rust. You're getting back to playing NBA basketball, which is different than yeah. just open run. Parker, I have a question for you real quick. What up? About the offense. Yeah, yeah. Jaws out for the first twenty five games. A long time ago, when we first got started in this show, yeah, Anthony had a a whole a whole segment called "Chasing Rudy Gay," where we talked about the Grizzlies, like the front office, kind of basically told us and made the Grizzlies fans believe that Zach Randolph and Rudy Gay wouldn't be able to work together. And yeah. since then, the Grizzlies have been chasing a Rudy Gay, and and he was correlating that with the the offensive sets that are run without jaw on the court and with jaw on the court. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking a lot about both of you guys are talking a lot about these actions that mm-hmm. this new offense that's that, this you know spacing and you know implementing Jaron into the action more. Yeah. How does this impact when jaw comes back? Yeah. Like what does this look like when jaw's back? Yeah, I mean I still think that there's still utilization with jaw. I mean they're still going to run that John Morant, Steven Adams pick and roll obviously because mm-hmm. you have probably the best screener in the NBA, but also too you had a guy that led the league in points in the paint mm-hmm. as a 6-3 guard just two seasons ago. But, I mean, it's just you got to figure out how to tap into both his scoring and his playmaking. I've always said, especially with the leap of Desmond Bain, the leap of Jaron Jackson Jr., I would rather Ja be a 25-10 and 10 guy than a 30-6. Yeah. and six. Yeah. I want Ja – like, I would love for Ja to be a 10-assist kind of game Kind of and game those, kind those of guy. numbers always lead to winning. The, it yeah. leads to winning, yeah. But With this team, yeah. I think there's some stuff to be tapped into as off ball, like him being utilized as a cutter, him getting into those similar actions. But instead of being at the center of the court, you're running that off the the left wing with an empty corner where you had that space to kind of turn a corner, get downhill, get to the free throw line. Mm. Like, I don't think it's a and this is what Taylor Jenkins 
and St. Andrews also have, or St. It's St. Andrews, right? St. Andrews. Patrick St. Andrews. Yeah, Patrick. Man, got a lot of, lot well, of saints in Well, because there's like, like, I didn't know, like, I didn't want to get it all confused, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I think the biggest job this season is making sure how they can make it to be, instead of Ja or Jaron, they got to figure out a way to make it Ja and Jaron. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I think, you know, it, like, it, it does come down to Jaron, too. Mm-hmm. Jaron's got to improve as a screener. He right. would get rid of the foul narrative if he learned how to set a more efficient screen. Right. But I think it comes down to that two-man game. Yeah. I was just about to say that it feels like it feels like we're finally about to see almost. We're almost the, there. The, the John and Jaron two-man game. Yeah. All praises to Patrick St. Andrew. Not yeah. to be confused with St. Patrick St. Andrew. That's what I was getting confused across, across with. Across the yeah, street yeah, from yeah. Phoenix Forum. Because th- Gabe went to that school. I think yeah. I think that school was I know it's called St. Patrick, but I think it's St. Patrick slash St. Andrew. Yeah, so, but I'm very yeah. excited and optimistic. I mean, losing Darko is a that's a big loss and so, I so i've heard so i've heard yeah like i, th- but I do sure? think it's, i think it's, it is, i think it is a big loss because i mean uh, he was instrumental in the development of guys like desmond bain mm-hmm. um i mean d'anthony melton and grayson allen became right. credible 40 percent three-point shooters under his tenure mm-hmm. he worked a lot with zaire canard like that's big but but if this offense is what it is that's, I'll that's take incredible. This. Yeah, uh, like, that's incredible. I'll take this. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you want, I mean, everybody wants to be a head coach. Yeah. If this right. offense is what it looked like, yeah, looks like, I mean. For sure. Um, we we haven't seen Marcus Smart so far in the mm-hmm. preseason. A report saying he's got um abdomen soreness, um, things like that. Coach Jenkins doesn't sound concerned. No one you talk to about it is sound concerned. I haven't been in the locker room. He's, he's not in the locker room either, right? Because they, they don't make injured right, players right, right, uh, available exactly. for that. So um I don't I don't have much concern about it at all. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be ready for the regular season. Coach Jenkins, I believe, even said something like you could possibly see him in some preseason games. Do you have any concerns on not if he plays in on opening night, which I think he'll be ready, but how 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 do you think he'll look? Are we getting a version of him that might be out of shape? Is he, you know, what what version of you of him what do you think we'll see when we actually do see Marcus Mark? I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um I, I do think if anything if there's any sort of struggle, it's more of him learning the system rather mm-hmm. than him rather than him, you know, being out of shape. Because, I mean, he's right. always had a really stocky build. He's always kind of been built like like a little bit of a taller version of Kyle Lowry. Like, right. he's always been a, <laughs> a, a stocky yeah. kind of guy. Like, I'm not really worried or anything, you know. These guys are these guys are pros, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Smart's a pro. He does what he yeah. does. Um, but, I mean, maybe it's one of those things like, hey, everyone's learning the new offense, so there's no curve. Mm-hmm. But... It's more of like okay, let's because I know for a little bit it took Stephen Adams to get used to the different the, the defensive coverages and especially as Yanker like mm-hmm. what's what's it gonna be that chemistry with Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. Desmond Bain. So I mean Marcus Smart is also gonna be orchestrating the offense, so he's having to learn where guys like their spots. If if I'm driving left downhill, is Luke in that corner or is he in that wing? Mm-hmm. Or um, all right. Des is driving to the right. Where do I need to be slotted? Do I need to relocate to the corner? Do I need to go to the top mm-hmm. of the key to be there in case he gets stopped? Um, all right, Steven's setting this screen. What's the angle at which I need to go mm-hmm. around the screen? That's the kind of stuff that he's going to have to, I guess, learn. And yeah. if there's any concern of, like, how he looks and if he doesn't meet the, like, the expectations immediately, it's him learning his teammates. And I think he will. And I, I'm optimistic about Mar- Marcus Smart. I mean, shameless plug, like, I did a deep dive on uh, Substack Elitist. I've watched 
every game he's played in in the postseason over the past mm-hmm. two playoffs and just broke down how he should help drive winning for them. Right. I'm not concerned because, like, at the end of the day, he's a complimentary guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's set to compliment and amplify what your team is around John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. So yeah. that, that's kind of how I, I – I'm not, I'm not concerned. Right. Well, with Marcus Smart, you mentioned a learning curve. Uh, you also talked about him having a stocky bill. This is my Jarvis Greer uh, transition here. Speaking of uh, curves and stocky bill, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, Dude, that's <laughs> man. That's my that's my Jarvis Greer. Shout, Shout out to the OG, the goat, Jarvis Greer. Yeah, uh, the infamous uh, media day uh, yeah. thrashing of Julia Lofton by uh, <laughs> Jarvis Greer. Um, I'm I don't want to put you in an awkward position, Parker, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm an observatist, if that's a word. I observe shit. Um, I'd be like, something just kind of make me say, hmm, or just, they're like, okay, like I talked about the other day, I see things that just, okay, that doesn't seem like that belongs here. Like, so let me figure out why that's there, right? I, I okay. do those type of things. That's the way I think often. So I'm, I'm listening to the uh, Chris Vernon show, and mm-hmm. he's talking about Kenneth Lofton, and he's saying how, you know, this kid came back, he's over 300 pounds now, and yada, 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 and I'm like, all right. I don't really have anything negative to say about the preseason at all. Everything looks look fine. Like my my whole thing with mm-hmm. Kim Lofton is, he's not as good as people think we are think he is, and he's not right. as bad as people think he are he is either. Right. He's somewhere in the middle. There's no rest to play this kid. He's 21 years old. He's probably only on the roster because of the injury last year. Wasn't for that we're talking about a two way player, and the narrative is totally different. You're not talking about playing him over anybody. You're just like okay, wait and see. Let's see what he are does. Are we sure? What do you mean? Like I'm I'm just saying like junior high, like two way or not. Like that, he uh, can be a full time I mean, hustle player. Yeah, you, then that. you have people saying he should be on the roster. They should be yeah, cutting yeah, yeah. Concha or whatever. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go I ahead, know you're go good, ahead. but my thing is, like, I'm, I'm, I love Junior Lofton. There is nobody on this team that's probably like for pure entertainment value. He stepped into that role of Dylan Brooks as being just pure <laughs> entertainment value. Yeah, I don't yeah. care whether he's a good or bad player. He's an entertaining dude to watch. Yeah. So, I'm. That's where I am with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing Vernon talk about you know his kids 300 pounds. He's concerned about this. And um, I'm like, okay, that seems strange. You know, <laughs> that's, that's my thing. I'm like, and then I start digging into things, and somebody drops a bird in my ear saying, well, you know, um, him and Dylan Brooks have the same agent. And that was on top of me already thinking, the last time I heard Vernon really come at a dude, it was Dylan. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so my concern is I'm a little I'm a little worried about Kenneth Lofton at this point as far as being on his team long term because I'm like I'm not going to say that Vernon was sent out but I think he knows something I think he's I think he's heard some type of rumbling about them being upset about how he came back to camp or because I'm I'm upset by how he came back to camp because the guy looks like he really had a very jubilant offseason that looked like he really was getting it in I mean and I'm a junior guy you know what yeah. I mean so um what is your concern? You may be, you may have none. You may be like, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't take anything from that. But I'm a little worried about the dude, like, because I'm like, all right, if Vernon is saying this type of stuff, I've only seen him take, I'm not gonna say a personal attack, but I, I haven't seen Vernon really criticize a dude like that, other than Dylan. You know what I mean? And yeah. Dylan was the last guy I saw him do that with, and of course, Dylan ain't here no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I might just be, you know, reaching. So what do you think about about Junior? Yeah, um, obviously, I'm not going to pit anything like, you know, what what Vernon said or how Junior looks. I do think that, like, there is value in 
and Kenneth Lofton Jr. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, when Brandon Clark went down, when Steven Adams was hurt, they could have just cut Kennedy Chandler and brought in a vet. Right. Like, they could have just brought in a vet to have on the roster and had in the playoffs Mm. in case needed. Um, I mean, no names come at the top of my head. Because Dwight Howard is a I'm name. Not, I'm not thinking about free <laughs> if y'all don't agent- stop talking about Dwight Howard, man. I, I promise you, but go off. We'll go I, I am not thinking about free agency centers uh, in my free time. So either. like, I don't know who they could assign, but like it showed that Junior showed them something with the hustle and in play groups where they're like, let's reward this guy, let's see what he can become. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they gave him they they call in the NBA world they call it the Hinky Special, where it's like a it's basically like a a smaller rookie scale, but for guys that are undrafted or second mm-hmm. round picks, they did the same with John Contra before his extension. Right. Uh, they did it before with like uh, Killian Tilly and uh, Jonte Porter before they cut them. <clears throat> they did, they did the same with Kenneth Alton Jr. Cause they liked what they saw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not concerned. Because at the end of the day, you just have to go back and go sign someone else. It'd be right. one thing if it was like, okay, if he's if he was competing with like Isaiah Todd and Josh Christopher, then mm-hmm. it'd be like okay, like this isn't great, but I mean, benefit of the yeah. doubt, Junior had some more favorable contract to keep, yeah, or more difficult contract to cut. I don't know how it'd be. I'm not concerned because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, that game one, he scored the ball well, game provided that pop, the, yeah, uh-huh. but uh-huh. also too, like in the game, in in the Milwaukee game, I think that's probably. Not his best. He's performed in a Grizzlies uniform. Mm-hmm. But, you know. We even, did see him with the better players, though. Yeah. So. Even then, he had three offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. He had two blocks. And, like, he struggled. Like, he has his flaws. But, like, I'm not concerned. And, obviously, I know he's a device, decisive player because you have one in the spectrum, the other in the spectrum. Really, it's somewhere in the middle. Like, you could still <clears throat> point out where he's doing good, but acknowledge, hey, he may not play over Santi Altama or Xavier right. Tillman. Those are good NBA players. Those are good rotation players on a playoff team. That's okay. Yeah. Or, But also, too, you can acknowledge his flaws while also saying, hey, he's only 21 years old. There's time for him to improve on this stuff. But, I mean, circle everything back around. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned. Well, I am. I don't worry about my guy. Man. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'd be able to deal with Kendall Lofton that being – I want him to be good. I really do. Like he, he's a fun player. Yeah. He, he kind of takes you back to the past. I mean, let's be real. If this, if he, if he dropped Kenneth Lofton Jr. in the NBA like 15 years ago, there's a reality. He's a lotto pick. He's a mm-hmm. borderline all star. Like right. because of his skill set. Right. I'm not. I'm not concerned. Yeah, man. They got to They got to hang on to my boy, man. I can't. I can't see him go down like that. Um, we talked about Zaire Williams. How he's kind of mm-hmm. separated himself himself from his peers. Uh, two of his peers, uh, David Wrighty. Jake Laravia, it seems like one of the at least one of those guys won't be in the rotation this year. Um, especially like I said, if Derrick Ro- Rose can play, yeah, he's a part of your rotation. That puts even more pressure on right, one right. of those two guys. Um, I think it's a toss up, man. It's it's kind of strange because you see Roddy looks good playing power forward. You know what I mean? You've seen Jake knock down threes and you know be able to get to the basket, getting a little better as a defender. But it seems like he's doing that more so with lower talent guys on the court. We've seen right. Roddy play with, with higher in the rotation. Guys, what do you? How do you think that plays out between who wins that battle? Is this something that's going to go on, go on throughout the season? I think, and you know, I talked to the other night. I talked to Xavier Tillman about mm-hmm. this because I'm like, you're a guy that's since he's since you've been here, except for this year, like you've competed for minutes, you mm-hmm. competed for rotation spots. What's your advice to these young wings doing that? He goes, 
it doesn't stop here. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't win that rotation spot doesn't mean that you're yeah. not going to be in the rotation if somebody goes down or if you're just winning your number. You got to be ready when your number's called. And I think mm-hmm. you'll see it throughout the season because I don't – one thing – I've really, really liked about the preseason is the fact that none of those guys, Zaire, Roddy, or Laravia, have gotten me to the point where I'm like, you need to get this guy off the floor. I don't see how he could be in the rotation. I'm like, okay, any of these three guys could be in the rotation and impact the rotation. I do wish that they would put Laravia in mm-hmm. a situation where he can play more minutes in more games with the regular rotation, because I think you'll get to get an actualized view of yeah. his skill set because I I really like that he's embracing being aggressive mm-hmm. and that that's finally, you know, resonating with him. Because the complaint last year was like, this dude has such a pretty jump shot, but he's not shooting the ball. Right. Now he's letting it fly. And, and you know, percentage is going to be percentage. I mean, I think one of the things that gets construed with this percentage is, is the fact that he is the guy on the floor. He right. is the guy on the perimeter that's like, all right, Jake, go create a bucket. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be his role when he's playing with Desmond Bain, Jerry yeah. Jackson Jr., all them. Um, it's a toss-up, and I think it's a toss-up. You know, it will happen throughout the season, but, yeah. like, I don't think we'll know a definitive answer even after the final preseason game of, like, who needs to play because I think both of them have showed they could both get to the basket. I mean, Jake's shooting and making more threes. Mm-hmm. Um, Roddy's fits more of the profile of the switcher and stopper, whereas LaRavia fits more of the, oh, he's going to get you a couple steals, a couple deflections. He may get you a block shot. He's going to create defensive events. But I don't – it's really tough for me to say who over who because they're both playing solid basketball. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to see how that Mm -hmm. whole thing goes down. All right, real quick, gun to your head. We talked about Zaire. We know he's going to be playing. Luke's going to play. Derrick Rose probably going to play. Uh, you're probably going to see LaRavia and Roddy. Out of all them dudes, are they going to get John Conch out of hell about my rotation? Quick answer, yes or no? Gosh, here they go. I can't, oh I can't go God. ahead, man. Oh, my God, man. They, they, y'all can't, can't let go of Conch man. I y'all can't. can't let go of John Conch man. Uh, like, we'll see. We'll see. <sighs> my God. All right, we're going to move on. Final question from a man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Parker Fleming of sub, sub to Sacalitas. Sub Sacalitas. Sub Sacalitas. Right. Yeah, yeah. His sub stack, the, the, the original Big Twelve. Give us information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give us information on how we can go there. And I have a, a, a special question I want to ask you about your sub stack. How do you? How do we get to your sub stack first? Yeah. So, um, I I post everything on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you know, since the season started, I've gone on all the social media platforms and right. post stuff like uh, Twitter. Put on my Instagram story. I also mm-hmm. go into the Grizz Nation Facebook group and post it on <laughs> oh, there. Oh wow. Yeah, hey, like I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying, you boldly I'm, going, man. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm trying out new applications, like uh, Threads and Blue Sky. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. in case Twitter X, whatever it is now, Disappears. actually like has its downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I post everything on there. Like it's in all my. Bios so just follow you on social. Yeah, it's just follow my social okay. media, or if you have the Substack app, find me on Substack, and I post everything okay. there too. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that stands out about your particular Substack is that your proceeds go to. Um, St. Jude. Yeah. Tell us, I'm sorry, bro. Explain yeah, yeah. the significance of that whole uh, donations going to uh, St. Jude. For sure. Um, so I don't know, for people that don't Pretend know, they don't know. I, I'm going to pretend like y'all don't know. Mm. So my wife, uh, she has had cancer since she was 14 years old. She's now 25 years old today, thriving. Um, you know, 
we're still dealing with stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, making it through and you know, God's good. Yeah. Um, and so she has a St. Jude fundraiser team every year called Allies Allies. I actually have one of the shirts here that she yeah. designed, um, to honor the 10th anniversary of her, uh, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. They're actually on uh, grind city design. So just search Allies Allies on grind city design and you can get one of these shirts yeah. to shirts, sweatshirts, okay. all that. Um, and so, you know, when I was at the end of the season, you know, just reflecting on like my goals and my big goal is, you know, donate to St. Jude. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a part of her team. I, I'm a St. Jude gold here. I want to raise money for this. So I was like, how can I do that? And it's intersecting my love for basketball and for writing mm-hmm. and, and this. And it led me to creating the sub stack. Right. And like, there's no strings attached. It's not like one of those things like, oh, if you donate, you can access this premium content. Like, you're getting the same content whether you pay or not. Right. Like basically becoming a subscriber, even you read something, you click it a link at the bottom of my page and donate from there and do a, a one-time donation. Mm-hmm. It's you're not getting anything. Like it's just more of like, okay, it's an opportunity. I'm supporting yeah. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some of the stuff that it pays for, and like I have tier, like it's either five dollars monthly or fifty dollars mm-hmm. annually. So it's just basically like, hey, this is basically you acknowledge like, Hey, this is my monthly $5 or yearly $50. Mm. That's going to St. Jude. Uh, it pays for, you know, treatments for the kids such as, um, chemo, uh, radiation, mm. physical therapy, but also to it, um, or there's, you know, a certain amount of money pays for like oxygen for a patient, yeah. but also too, there's like celebrations or events. Like, you know, like they don't get to have like a normal birthday party. So like some of your, like they take donation yeah. money to, pay for birthday parties, no more chemotherapy parties, um, mm-hmm. different patient events. So um, that was just really on my heart. And, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Like we haven't even had basketball yet. And I've, I've raised over $1,700. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Sure. So I'm That's excited sure, for the season. Yeah. Um, just the first full season uh, being, I'm not even gonna say being independent, but just doing this mm-hmm. and, you know, just getting support from mm-hmm. Grizzlies Twitter, from NBA Twitter, getting uh, support from, you know, Bluff City Media Dude. and all that. Like, I, I really enjoy doing this. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. But at the end of the day, like, my goal is just to raise money for St. Jude and yeah, just man. see what happens after that. But that feels up, man. I, pre- I appreciate you coming on with me today. Yeah, yeah. It's my guy, man, Parker Fleming. Go to his, his Substack, man. Substack Elitist. Man, don't just be in there for free, man. Put, put your money down, man. That's hey, right. just a big shout out to, to Parker, Jude? man. He, for sure. He helped, uh, you know, when Bluff City Media got started, man, we reached out to Parker and we yeah. started talking to him. And, and man, I just I, I just want to say from Bluff City Media, man, we appreciate you, man, yes, sir. all yep. the work you've done, even before Bluff City Media with, with uh, Grizzly Bear Blues, but then even yep. helping, you know, kind of get us off the ground. And, yeah, man, man it, was, uh, it was a sad day when we found out you were moving on, but, man, we're proud of you and we're, we're excited to still be yes, sir. kind of partners in, con- in contact with you and all that kind of stuff. So thank yeah, you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that yeah, for man. sure. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Bluff City Media gave GBB a home uh, yep. after everything that went down. Uh, but, I mean, everyone's killing it, you know. They ha- you have your usual partners in crime like Joe and Sean. But mm-hmm. uh, P-Shark is crushing it uh, yes, sir. so far uh, as y'all's a Grizzlies beat rider. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to, you know, interacting with him more this season, um, catching up with him at games, just seeing how he grows and attacks this opportunity. But, you know, I appreciate you having me on. You know, yes, I like sir. Uh, you know what it is, chopping man. it up with the Tribal Chief. The Tribal now, Chief has been in the jungle. That's right. That's right. So I appreciate it big they time. It. My man, Parker Fleming, go check him out. Check out his sub stack. Like I said, donate to a very worthy cause uh, to, to the 
to the uh, Patience of St. Jude. Parker Fleming in the building, y'all. We're about to take a break. When we come back, it's a three-pointer here on Anthony the Sane Show. See y'all in a minute. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. Uh, but there is someone I want to talk about, someone that you and I are big fans of, and he is becoming really a superstar in front of our eyes, and that is Chandler Martin, the transfer from East Tennessee State. He's the modern-day linebacker. He's a little bit undersized, but he's fast. He's physical. Yeah. He can cover. Like he, This guy can do everything, and he has been incredible for this Memphis defense. And, you, never, we, you know, we talk about this all the time, like coming in from smaller schools – how does it translate? And Chandler is a guy that sold out quickly, yeah. and it, everything is translated extremely well and very fast. And he is so impressive for this defense. He he really does stand out for the Tigers. When he puts his hands on a guy, when he puts his pads on a guy, he makes an impact. Like he's not a he's not a. A, a, a speed guy who doesn't know how to tackle. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. I meant to ask this earlier. Is this the biggest game for Memphis football since what? Biggest game overall? I think the Cotton Bowl is in a league of its own. So outside of the Cotton Bowl, this game is the biggest game for Memphis football since blank. Since probably the second game against Cincy to go to the Cotton Bowl. The 2019. Home game. Yeah. I mean, what do you say? That's probably right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2019 Cincinnati. I think it's... You can't use anything in the last two years. I don't know that That's it's as years. big as that one, but since then, this is probably the biggest. Yeah, I think I would agree. 2019 Cincinnati. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Engine Science Show. My man, Parker Fleming. Uh, great interview with him, man. Uh, like I said, again, make sure you're supporting his Substack. Uh, just donate to the cause regardless, man. Like you said, it's free to, to read his content on there. But if you want to donate to uh, uh, St. Jude, he definitely is encouraging you to do that on his Substack. Um, sh shout out to my man, uh, Parker Fleming, once again. Uh, the three-pointer, where we talk about three things going on in the world of sports. Number one, Kenneth Stubberfield, Mikey Williams, is mm. uh, officially going to trial um, for the gun charge thing that he had. Not just a gun charge. He was accused of actually taking shots at people, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
A lot of people are talking about they wish Penny had let this go a long time ago. I'm going to make this short and sweet, man. I I do not mind the way that Penny Hardaway has played this. And I'll say that because, <clears throat> first of all, you landed a top recruit, a top freshman. You got him to commit to your school. You showed um, empathy for the kid, by that, which is also good PR. Showed that you would have his back through everything he's going through. And now the, the legal system is taking that out of your hands. Like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to cut this kid. You don't have to come out and cut ties with him. The legal system is taking this out of your hands. Like, I mean, he's not going to play. And, and that's we see that now. I, I think it's unfortunate for him. I hate that he's, um, you know, this whole thing has went down the way it was has because Mikey's a talent. He's a very good player that you could have either this year or next year. But I think that um, I don't care about what people are saying about bad PR I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, those, he's th those things don't matter, man. Like at the end of the day, he's never gonna he's never gonna play for Memphis. The story about Mikey Williams is not a new story. It happened a long time ago. This thing's been dragging out the entire time. No one cares about it. Like we know he he's, he already committed to Memphis. He got into what he did. Seeing updates about it, nobody cares. But when that basketball hits the court and yep. Memphis is a good team, that's what people will care about. I just want right? to put this idea yeah. of bad bad PR into perspective. Penny Hardaway, legendary. Mm -hmm. across the globe in terms of basketball, coming out from right. Memphis, played ball for his hometown school, went to the Orlando Magic, was, was, if not for his injuries, would have been one of the best players to ever play the game, has a shoe that is one of the best-selling shoes, has never had any bad publicity ever. Mm -hmm. When he became the head coach of Memphis, the PR, the hit jobs by national media against him has <clears throat> been unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable, all because he replaced Tubby Smith at Memphis. Mm. If you think that anything that Penny would have done, there's nothing that Penny can do to change the narrative about the university of Memphis basketball program or about the, uh, about the city of Memphis um, with Mikey. There's nothing that he can do to change that narrative. The only thing he can do is just go out and win, go out and win games, yeah. win a championship yeah. and all that. Who will, cares? All that will stuff. shift. Like, it really don't matter. It like, doesn't matter. If yeah. Penny Hardaway can't change it, then the narrative is not going to change whether you bring mm -hmm. Mikey in or whether you cut him loose a long time ago. Right. Like, it doesn't change anything. Yeah, and like I said, it's, he doesn't have to make a decision on anything. Like No, it's, it's, it's over. It's over. He ain't playing. Yeah. <laughs> he probably – and I, I hate to throw this – I hate to kind of, like, throw him away because this is a kid that's facing a murder. He's a human now, being. Mean, he's not a, uh, not a murder. He's facing an attempted murder case, right? Um, I don't. Th I think it's um assault with a deadly weapon. Right. I don't think it's a attempted. That's murder. what I'm saying. I, I don't want to desensitize that part of it, but as far as people worrying about University of Memphis reputation, why? Like, it is what it is. It, it's not like he's he right. can't play. He's, he's going to be facing trial. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, number two, also University of Memphis related. Uh, Billy Richmond the uh, third updated his recruiting list, and he's cut it down to four teams. Kenny Stubblefield and the University of Memphis is still on it. Uh, told you guys the other day, do not count Memphis out. These things between grown men, grown men business, like I talked about, this stuff happens. I'm still, I still have, I think Memphis is one of two teams in the running when it comes down to it. Uh, those teams on that list are Memphis, Kentucky, Alabama, and LSU. Um, who knows? We'll see how that turns out. Um, I don't know date as far as when he's making decisions came out at all. But yeah, man, I'm not, um, I'm not tripping about that at all. I think, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not going to root it out because of the uh, disagreement between uh, Billy Richmond II and um, Penny Hardaway. 
Where you where you bet on it? How you feel? No, about I mean, it? I I think it's a two horse race. Mm-hmm. I think it's between Kentucky and Memphis. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to me. He did announce that he's going to be taking an Alabama visit, mm-hmm. an official visit soon. Yeah, which will be his final visit that he's uh, able to take. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those officials. Um, it's always interesting, man. If you're a, I think if you're a local university and you want to get a kid, you either try to go first or you go last right. in terms of official visits. So, um, you know. Alabama's kind of a new, I think kind of new in this mm-hmm. in terms of the recruitment. But I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be down between Kentucky yeah. and Memphis. There were rumblings about LSU as far as um, some people are saying don't rule out LSU because you've got uh, Curtis Gibbons the third down there. Right. And Billy Richmond the third. There were some rumblings. Those are they close might, like that? I don't know. I don't know at all. Because, I mean, um, they didn't play high school ball together. Yeah. They? I heard there was a rumblings those two might want to get together or link up or whatever. But uh, it seemed like something like that would be linking up in Memphis. I don't see why they would want to link up to LSU. Um, I yeah. think the, the Memphis part is just kind of natural, like being two hometown kids or whatever. But I don't know how that's going to go down. I'm not really too concerned about that. But uh, Billy Richmond III, of course, uh, narrowing his list down to four. Uh, number three, excited about this with Kenny Stubberfield. Uh, Tiger football has a huge game coming up this weekend. I had a week it's coming off. up tonight, Anthony. Tonight. Friday night. What's, what's today? Today is this Thursday. episode comes out on Friday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. yeah tonight. Man. Yeah, tonight, y'all. Tonight. In six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In six hours. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> University of Memphis takes on Tulane. The game has been hyped up during this off week. Promotions, giveaways, hype videos. Brandon Baumgartner talking crazy to the most insignificant fan base <laughs> probably in, in college football history. Hey, we Tulane. do want to clarify. We, we do need to clarify one thing. Mm-hmm. Brandon is not 30. Oh, he's not 30. He's 28. He's 28. Yeah, bro, you're 30. He's 30. He might as well be 30, fam. You're closer, you closer to 30 than you are 21, fam. Or even 25. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. So uh, uh, the big thing, about the biggest thing, I believe, um, about this game, Kenny Stubblefield, between Memphis and Tulane, is a special celebrity guest that will be there. <laughs> Got some badass seats from what I understand. Man, I looked at, man, I, I put a... Um, I'm talking about myself, of course, the yes. celebrity guest that will be in the building. Uh, not as big as Gabriel Sane, who That's right. uh, is my son. It is Gabriel uh, Sane you're bringing to the game, Yes, right? Gabriel Sane, that Gabriel Coon. That's how you bring it to the game <laughs> for those who have inquired. Uh, in my DM, his DM, yours. <laughs> oh, man, y'all is a strange bunch, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all act like you know me. Act like you know everything about me. But, you, mean, you know, y'all want to say I ain't got no job. What else they want to say? They want to, all this stuff. I can't keep a woman. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, what do you say? I've had people take those type of shots at me a lot. Like, um, um, couldn't keep my ex-wife happy. Dang. That's why I, that's why my son don't live with me. And oh. I just be saying the dumbest stuff that's in the world, sick man. stuff, man. But they know everything about me, but they don't know that my son is Gabe, and it's not Gabe Coon that I'm trying to... Uh, <laughs> You know, go to the game. You're trying to bring your son to the game, who, guess what, is also a football player. Yeah, 2030, I think, 2028, no. Have you had an official with Colorado yet? No, he's not. He he is a heavy Colorado lean, for those of you who (laughs) are wondering. I'm crystal balling to Colorado already. uh, Five star, uh, well, he's in fourth fourth grade now. Yeah, yeah. So eight years from now, 2031, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2031. No, 32. 32, 32. 2032, offensive lineman. Yep. Uh, five-star Gabriel saying we'll be in the building. This is an unofficial visit uh, for him as well. Uh, <laughs> but I got through it out there like, yeah, man, I need some tickets. I, I was expecting somebody to shoot me some tickets, and I had several offers. Probably had about 10 people offer me tickets, man. And uh, 
the the first one I took, some told me to just go ahead and take the first one you get, right? Even though I got plenty after that. Um, he shot the tickets, emailed them over. I got them in my wallet on my phone. And I looked at where they are. I was like, good God. <laughs> like, these tickets are fire. And I sent you I sent you where they are too, man. Yeah, you did. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm going to build a building. They taking care of uh, me and Gabe. Uh, still working on that parking pass. But I'm confident that by the time you guys see this show, I'll have their parking pass uh, in tow as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though, man. Uh, like I said, I am a... I'm not a fan fan. Like, I'm not invested in Tiger football. I want them to be do well. Like, I, you know, I think I can name, let me see. How many dudes can I name? Uh-oh. <laughs> I can name three. Okay. I can name three players. All right. Seth Hennigan. Yes. Starting starting QB1. Yep. Um, crap. Rock Taylor. Yes, sir. A receiver, right? Yeah. Receiver. Damn. Third-year receiver. And I'm forgetting the tailback. I can't think of his name. I know it, but I don't know it. Tell me, tell me the, the initials. B.W. <laughs> you lying, bro. His name is not B.W. What's what's the last name? Watson. Blake Watson. Blake Watson. There it is, man. Stop playing with me, bro. I got you three players right there. Hey, the and, and you, you don't know what's crazy. Mm. Those three players are probably the key to the game. Yeah, for sure. Like, That's a big three. Those are your big three. You got to get Blake I'll Watson. I'll be watching the games and shit, man. I know. I'll be watching. See, I'm telling you, man. Like... This is a – you're going to be there cheering as a fan, man. You're yeah, going to be there. Be, you're going gonna gonna to have a good time. It's going to be live. The weather's going to be nice. Beautiful. weather's going to be nice. You know, Gabe's going to be – It's supposed to rain a little bit, but, uh, man. No, I ain't coming. If it's raining, I ain't coming. <laughs> he says, I'm nah. hoping it's not I'm letting you know right now, if it's raining, I'll uh, delete all this. <laughs> this, this. This one ain't coming. But, yeah, it's going to be a good game, man. I'm excited to be there. Y'all leave me alone. I'm going to be with my kid. Talk crazy, you might get slapped in front of uh, 12,000. How many how, how many people are you expecting to be there? 15, uh, 20, 30? Nah, bro, but I would say probably 35. Uh, yeah, you might get slapped in front of 35 if you say something dumb. I say 35. It's a Friday night. Oh, I mean, like, kid. what else is there to do in Memphis on hey, a Friday I, night? I've heard that before. Like, come on. It's the biggest game. You yeah, know, TJ, and, TJ and Trey over at Tigers Untapped asked this question in their, their show the other day. They said, is this the biggest game since when? And it's that 2019 AAC, turn, uh, AAC championship game against yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, right. See, I knew that. I knew. I knew they played Cincinnati 2019. Right. And, yeah. Come on, man. Act like I ain't no fan. Did uh, who did they play like the week? Be, who did, who did they be before that AAC championship game? Who did they play the week before? Out of me, Houston. Nah, Cincinnati. Huh? Oh yeah, they played them back to back. <laughs> yeah, right. I do remember it. Yep. <laughs> I remember that now. Beat them two times in a row. Two weeks in a row. I remember they got on the ass and yep. we, and they uh, it was twice at the Liberty Bowl, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man. So uh, I'll be in the building. I'm excited to be around the uh, the barrage. Now, what they call it? The ambush. The ambush. There you go. The onslaught. The onslaught. Yeah. Now, the ambush. Yeah, I'm going to be they've up been, there. Hey, they've been nice this year, man. They've yeah, been good. man. They've been good. Tiger football doing it. My question is, here's the here's the question. Percentage chance you're going to participate in the swag serve. Shit. Man, zero. Come on. If Gabe want to do it, I might. It gets crazy in there. I might look that up on YouTube, man. They do that in the section I sent you to? Or is that for the regular people? That's for everybody. Oh, okay. Well, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I'll be there, man. I'm excited. You win this game. You're looking like the best team on the outside to right. possibly get into. I think you'll be the best team on the outside. Looking at, uh, you know, getting into one of the, you know, the New Year's Six Bowls. Or the New Year's Six Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl would be where we're going. We'd be going to Atlanta, Anthony. Yep. You Fiesta, going? Fiesta. Yep. If they go to the Fiesta Bowl, you got to go with me. All right, I'm going. All right. And if you got cash money, you got to feel this shit. I'm, I'm going. Let's go. Oh, can we sing our Kelly? <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, okay. But so you can't just, you know, be bothered out if you had to. But anyway, we're gonna take a break, man. 
When we come back, Inside the Same Brand is next here on Anthony the Same Show. See you guys in a minute. What do you think the crowd's going to look like? Is it going to be our biggest of the uh, of the season? You know, Coach threw in twenty five hundred tickets himself, which it you know twenty a pop. That's a good little uh, good little check he wrote. You think he actually did that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he paid I'm sure. something. I'm sure they yeah. probably gave him the tickets for like two dollars a ticket or something. He wrote a little five. Uh, I don't know. I think he paid for them. I think it'll be a decent crowd. I, I don't think know. you're gonna. I think it's gonna be between thirty and thirty-five ish. I'll settle on like a 33, 32. It's Friday, right? Friday games just typically don't do that great. I know people you don't want to hear it. It's the reality of the situation. You almost have to have a perfect storm of no storm at the perfect time on a Saturday, where the crowds are typically weak. I will say the weather is going to be fantastic. Knock Don't wood, jinx right? it, but it should be a beautiful a evening. Metal desk. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. There is a big game coming up on Friday night against yeah, Tulane. Is. Obviously has huge implications for the American, for the AAC Championship game, for potential mm -hmm. New Year's Six Bowl. Like This is the game of the year. This team is not Tulane of last year. Yes, no, they're no, no, a good, no. they're a good football yeah. team, but without a guy like Tajay Spears, who scored his first touchdown in the NFL on Sunday and is basically splitting snaps with Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans right now, like Tulane is not the same team without him. They're still good. I'm not saying they're not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're much more beatable than they were last year. They were extremely, extremely good. That was a very good team. They lost a lot of really good players from that team. And now you have this game, which ultimately could decide the American, depending on what happens the rest of the year. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win-win-win. Tiger student-athletes win in the NIL landscape, Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student-athletes in this monumental cause, and most importantly, Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. Welcome back to Inside the Same Brain. Final segment of the show. Once again, shout out to my man Parker Fleming doing big things with the sub stack elitist, uh, sub sub stack uh, over there on Substack, uh, where he does make donations to St. Jude. Him and his wife, uh, his wife, of course, he said, um, has just been a survivor, overcomer, man. And, um, you know, I hope you guys consider donating to what they're doing on his uh, through his Substack. Right. Shout out to him for the money he's already raised and will continue to raise. 
over there with his Substack. But inside the same brains, when I talk about something that's on my mind, this is another non-medicated version. Uh, I'm not been. I've just been leaning on my eye drops here lately for my uh, glaucoma. I've not been u- using any other medicinal methods, uh, so I haven't really had much on my brain. Can you stop a feel? Mm. Uh, but the thing that has been on my brain, that has been forced on my brain, unfortunately, is the Will Smith. Uh, Jada Pinkett news that came out. Jada Pinkett, I think she's got a book coming out or something like that. So she's doing that that rollout. She's doing the podcast thing or show rollout thing or whatever she's doing. And in one of these interviews, she said that her and Will Smith have been separated since 2016. Um, just just looking back at my own timeline, that feels like before the whole situationship. No, what was it called? Entanglement. Entanglement with it August seems like, Yeah, it seems like that was, you know, during that time. Yeah. Plus, I thought it was already kind of known that they were separated. Like, I, I think I think everybody knew it was separate. they were separated, but yeah. uh, they had gotten back together. Oh, I don't um, think anybody knew that they weren't together anymore. I thought they I thought they had been separated this whole time. <clears throat> but I'll say this. There's a couple things that people are saying that are kind of annoying. And I'm not going to, I don't care about them people like that. <laughs> I mean, I'll say that. But this is the part that I think People, I'll talk about people's response to this kind of annoying to me. This kind of getting on my nerves. There are a lot of people saying, so Will Smith, like, got up and slapped yeah, Chris, Chris Rock, Rock yeah. over a woman that he wasn't even with. Mm. Um, I'm a divorced man, Kenny Stubberfield. Mm. And I think that if somebody invited me and my still legally married wife to an event, and that not knowing that we aren't on the same roof, I think, was, I think if I was disrespected by someone, I'm not saying if I was Will Smith, I would have slapped Chris Rock. That's a totally different discussion. But what in the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, right. like is my ex-wife, I'm not going to say her name, because then y'all start looking her up and saying you married a racist and all these type of things. Like, you know, you married a clown or you married an idiot. I don't want y'all screwing with Gay's mom. But, um... Like, that didn't have anything to do with anything, bro. Like, I, if, if somebody disrespected her right now, that's still my son's mom. They probably going to get two-piece. Like, that's, like, what? It's just, it's just a strange logic for people to say, yeah. well, why would you do all that if y'all weren't even together? Like, dude, they, these people are clearly single. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't get. These, these people have clearly never loved someone that, mm-hmm. like, loved someone like you loved your ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, um, I don't I don't get that whole logic. The whole thing is crazy. This woman clearly hates Will Smith. <laughs> she clearly has a problem Can I- with this dude because she is dragging this dude under the bus and putting that John in reverse, uh, 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 Bishop Sycamore style. Man, uh, truly, um, yeah, that's man. the part that makes me the most uncomfortable about all of this mm-hmm. is this constant. Like, and another thing. <laughs> like, this constant, <laughs> yeah. like, airing of all the dirty laundry, man. Like, yeah. I guess maybe this is just my personality, but I'm more like, golly, man, I want to have some semblance of privacy in my life. And when you're a celebrity like that, that's already hard enough. Right. But, like, even, listen, man, I'm all about people taking their, you know, utilizing their skills, their their, their stories, whatever, and creating content mm-hmm. out of it. Like that red table, the red table that she did. Mm-hmm. But damn, dude! Like sometimes I'm like, "Hey, man, leave some of that alone." Like, right. why do we have to put all that shit out there like that? Yeah, and they, <sighs> they made a decision not to be, not to get legally divorced. I believe. Yeah, I get that. Y'all both dealing with grown man money, grown man, grown woman money. I get that. Let you say, "Hey, man, look, look, 
when you're doing audit. You know what I mean? She we, said in this interview, she said, I'm, I, we haven't divorced because I haven't come to the conclusion in my mind that it's over. To me, it sounds like it's over. Her saying it like this. Yeah. But who? it's not our business. Yeah. Like, That's another thing, too, man. We can't compare our regular ass, right. whatever figures you make job, to the type of money. These people have been rich for a long time, man. And they were a celebrity couple. And Jada Pinkett and Will Smith were very young when they when they got together. You know what I mean? So it's a total different level of, of understanding. Like Jada Pinkett can't go out and get on Tinder. Yeah. And right swipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, there there's a few things that have been done over the last couple of years that I've just like it, it, I'm thinking as my own self as a man in Memphis, mm-hmm. as a husband, as a father, there's a few things. The one thing that she said was on her wedding day to Will. She sat at the back of the church and cried because she knew she didn't want to get married. That was to me like, as a man, I'm like going, damn. Yeah. Like, here's something I thought about, man. Here's and I'll I'll wrap this up this way, man. A lot of times in life, people get married to appease other people. They get pressured to marry. They feel like this is what they're supposed to do. You're the hot, beautiful, young, yeah, black couple, black young power couple. Y'all need to go ahead and get married, have these kids, and you're doing these things where you probably. Should have waited till you're around 35 or 40. Man, come to get on. Married. <laughs> Just be honest with you, man. Come on. Because, like, my thing is don't get married when you're pressured. Get married when you got some sense. When you, <laughs> get get right. married when you can make a logical decision. And you get we get married to people at these young ages, and you got all these kids, and they're like, man, I don't, I've grown from you, man. Like, yep. I, I've got a friend who talked about those type of things where, like, he was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm married, I'm still with my wife, but we're not the same people. I'm not the person I was when I married her, and she's not the person. She was when 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 I married her either, and it's like we've had to learn to like these new versions of ourselves because we're not the twenty something yeah. year old kids we were when we got married. So that's just something that you know, yeah. Take advice from a divorced dude who got married in his twenties, is early, is mid twenties, twenty four, twenty five. Sometimes, man, get do all that when you got some sense, man. When your brain is fully developed, you know what I mean. So, uh, but yeah. Jada and Will, leave us alone. We don't care. I'm tired of talking about this stuff. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of seeing Will Smith, one of the greatest entertainers of all time, be thrown under the bus like this. And you notice it's not him saying it. He said nothing. Will Smith somewhere chilling, but doing whatever he's doing. But yeah, there's another discussion to be had. But you can get those on one of your uh, your alpha male uh, dating podcasts. But yeah, it's a whole other discussion. But yeah, man, but for Kenny Stubblefield. Behind the glass of Perry Sharkey holding it down on the boards. Shout out to my man, Parker Fleming, coming on today. This is Anthony Sane, another great Anthony Sane show. Stay away from the media plants. Don't let them trick you, y'all. And we out. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.